this is Matt from Star Tours. You're listening to the Mousecapades Podcast. This is James from Hollywood Studios, and you're listening to the Mousecapades Podcast. This is Amanda from Disney Junior, and you're listening to the Mousecapades Podcast. Hello, this is Natsumi from Disney's Arrow Animation. I'm listening to Mousecapades Podcast. <laughs> Interested in becoming a travel agent yourself and helping others plan their next Disney vacation? Interested in learning more about Surge 365? How to get paid to travel, make $1,000 bonuses, or just simply want to book your next Disney vacation with Disney professionals? Well, Dream Makers at Two Tickets to Paradise Travel are ready to help you make your wish come true. Contact travel at twotickets2paradise.net. Don't dream your life. Live your dreams, have an idea, question, or want to share your experiences on the show. Contact Nick and Dave anytime. Email them at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Text them at 407-674-0414. Follow Nick and Dave on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Simply search for Mousecapades Podcast. Listen to Nick and Dave on iTunes, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher Radio. Simply search for Mousecapades. Mousecapades Podcast. Now, from the Mousecapades Studios, here are your hosts, Nick and Dave. Welcome back to the Mousecapades Podcast. This is Dave. Joining me today is Nick. Thanks for listening, folks. How's it going, Nick? Straight from South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, Dave. I'm uh, no longer in the Magic Kingdom. I'm in South Carolina. Actually, I'm right. Ju- I'm just south of, of uh, Myrtle Beach in Myrtle's Inlet. And uh, I want to thank the listeners again. Welcome back. Uh, you're listening to another episode of the Mousecapades Podcast. And I'm glad to be back yet again, Dave. And I have a lot in store for us this evening. Yeah, Nick's a traveling man, folks. He's all over the place. So, uh... He's uh, joining us today, and he's going to talk to us all about his recent trip to the Magic Kingdom and the Walt Disney World Resort. That's our main topic for this afternoon, and he's going to go over some pros and cons, the good and the bad. You know, most of us that listen to this podcast probably think, ah, there's not so much so bad. But yeah, there is. If you really look at your vacation and think about what you do and get into the details on reflecting about it, there's some things that you probably could do a lot better. So uh, Nick's going to bring that to us this afternoon. But first, we're going to start with a little bit of history and we're going to start with some news. Yeah, real quick, though, Dave, I just want to say, you know, I have been doing a lot of traveling lately and being a teacher, you know, you know this just as well as I do. You have to travel during the summer months and that means peak season no matter where you go. But, uh, you know, I just want to thank uh, Two Tickets to Paradise uh, Travel for for hooking me up with this trip and uh, getting me out there to the Magic Kingdom and uh, to South Carolina. Uh, My backyard is a beach house. I'm inside of a beach house recording this to you right now. And uh, my backyard, I'm looking at it. It's a beach. You know, it's awesome. So. Yeah, let's uh, let's start off with some rumors and news. Let me tell you, Nick, it's a beach here too, but it's a different kind of beach here in St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, I heard the you guys. The weather is horrible. Did you build your ark yet? Um, because I heard you have to part the water or something. Uh, I kind of got Moses and Noah there in the same story, but no, did you build your ark? Because it rained for what, like fifteen or sixteen straight days. It seems like I left at the right time. Yeah, we're under severe thunderstorm watches right now until about midnight as we record on Thursday night. Yeah, you just be glad you're uh, you're in South Carolina right now. 
All right, so let's start off with some rumors and news. Uh, you know, one thing I I actually did notice this right off the bat when I opened the door to my Lion King suite at the Art of Animation. I noticed when I opened the door, I didn't see any tile characters. And listeners, no more tile characters at all of the resorts. Uh, we didn't have them this year, but we did have them last year. So a survey, Dave, was sent out uh, a while back to a whole bunch of guests, and the data that came back to Disney suggested that guests would rather have clean rooms than character towels. Really? So the, the, I mean, guess they're leaving all of the character towels to their cruise line? You know, I don't know. It didn't say, uh, you know, I think it's more fitting for the for the cruise. Uh, but, yeah, they, Disney sent out a survey and tourists said they would rather have clean rooms over character tiles. Again, we need to find the person that's doing this survey and figure out who it is that they are surveying. Because we talked about these surveys about raising prices. Who are these people that say this, this kind of stuff? No, it's, it's the Disney Corporation that are that are pumping out these surveys, bud. They are asking themselves, they're not asking the public, that's for sure. All right, so, you know, another thing, another uh, uh, news item that caught my attention this week, and I did hear this, and it was posted around the Magic Kingdom. Now, I did not see it in other uh, kingdoms, like uh, Epcot or, you know, Hollywood Studios or even Downtown Disney, but it was plastered all over the Magic Kingdom, and cast members kept telling us, no selfie sticks. You could not bring them inside the park. You couldn't have them on the rides, but also, furthermore, you couldn't even have them in the parks really that's interesting because i had a friend that had a selfie stick like he's calling this summer this the summer of selfie and uh <laughs> first of all i think selfie sticks are ridiculous but the first day he didn't bring it because he heard the same thing you said but he saw them all over the park did you see them all over the park yes that i did i did see them in the park still but the one place he did not see them though the rides and the cast members were all over you yeah, that's what, uh, after the first day, he he uh, contacted about that, and I told him, I said, it's just on the rides. You can bring them in the park, you just cannot bring them on the rides. So after that, it was like selfie mania for his vacation. All right, moving over to uh, Hollywood Studios. We talked about in the uh, Hollywood Studios Reimagined episode about how we would recreate Hollywood Studios. I know we keep talking about this, but there's just more and more every week that comes out. You know, you and I have discussed where are they going to get the space to extend Hollywood Studios, right? Yeah. Okay, so apparently... Yeah. And you know what's funny? I think that I think we came up with that episode idea before we knew the extent of what they were going to be doing to, to Disney Hollywood Studios. That's the kind of thing that I think is pretty cool that you and I were uh, talking about how they would re- reimagine it, and we didn't know that they were going to be doing all of the, This was before the name change mentioned and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, before everything. And even down to the rides. Like, you and I actually discussed specific lands and rides we'd like to see and there it is they actually are implementing some of the ideas that we came up with now they didn't listen to us obviously i like to think think that they did but uh obviously you and i think alike and along with the imagineers as well so maybe we can get a job as an imagineer let's hope yet okay so at uh, hollywood studios you know you and i talked about how are they going to extend and expand uh the park well, they're actually going to be taking over a big section of the parking lot itself. And in turn, or in return for the space that uh, they're giving up for the park to extend, apparently there, there's a rumor out there that they will be building a parking garage. Now, I thought oh, this really? was, I, yeah, I thought this was interesting for a park to build a parking garage. 
Well, I'm thinking about the entrance to their park anyway, and it's not like you have this grand entrance like you do at Main Street USA. So I guess they could just wipe out the current entrance where it is and just bump it forward so that they can include all that other stuff inside the park. You bring up a good point. The entrance would actually be relocating to somewhere else around the perimeter yeah. of the park. All right, so speaking of, you know, I'm going to keep you in Hollywood Studios, and one of my favorite places, the Animation Courtyard in Hollywood Studios, there is rumor that it actually is going to be closing. This means no more Animation Academy. Now, this is just a rumor, but Dave, I did hear a buzz when I was at Hollywood Studios. I did hear tourists talking about it, and I overheard a cast member talking to a tourist about it as well. Now, I kept my nose out of it because I was just kind of eavesdropping on the conversation, but I did hear this, and then I looked it up online trying to get, gather some more information. I did find it online. Now, it's just a rumor right now. It's not fact, but to hear it out of tourists, cast members, and to see it online, who's telling what's going to happen? That's a huge bummer because, you know, it's not a thrill ride, but it's a super cool thing to go in there and watch those people do what they do and kind of try your hand at it, too. So, um, well, they don't stinks. animate there anymore. You know, they had, I think they animated, yeah, they did. They animated Big Brother, or uh, Brother Bear there. They animated Lilo and Stitch, you know, uh, but they, yeah. don't do, they don't animate there anymore. Yeah, but they do have animators in there that just kind of for demonstration purposes, right? Yeah, they do. And you can learn how to animate as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. So moving on, um, you know, there was an article in the Washington Post and uh, it was it was an article that was published that was titled how theme parks like Disney world left the middle class behind. Now, I don't know if you had a chance to read this, Dave, did you see this online? Yeah, I read it. It was, uh, it's pretty interesting stuff. And I agree with like 99% of it. I do too. Um, now there's a re a rebuttal article that's out there that presents another side of the argument, but, uh, I would encourage listeners just go on Google and Google Washington post, how theme parks like Disney world left the middle class behind it's a very interesting read and you know you and i i consider ourselves middle class you know even being as teachers i'm not ashamed to admit it you know in, in, in today's economy we're, we're probably lower middle class i'm just being i'm just being completely honest yeah a lot of people say i have no class actually <laughs> they would be right dave um <laughs> but uh you know the the only reason i'm able to afford the vacations I take during the summer with going to Disney World and staying six, seven nights, staying at a resort with the dining plan packages, a very good one, I might I might add. Um, and, you know, four or five day park hopper passes. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting those military discounts and I'm also double dipping and, and getting those travel agent discounts. Now, there's no way I would be able to afford all of that on a teacher's salary in the summertime at peak season if I couldn't get those discounts. And I was just really, I could relate to this article to the T. And um, it, it just really made me think about Walt Disney World and how the prices have gone up and the middle class is kind of being pushed to the curb. A lot of good points to this uh, to this article, and I agree with you. I, I, I agreed with about 99% of it. Listeners, again, go Washington Post or just Google Washington Post how theme parks like Disney World uh, left the middle class behind and, and just find out for yourself. It's an interesting read. Yeah, and this article is also floating around on Facebook, too. That's how I got a, got a hold of it, because uh, 
it seems like every time I log on Facebook, there's a new suggested ad for me to, uh, or a suggested article for me to click on and, and read. And this one got my attention because, you know, I don't get those discounts that Nick gets. And that's why my family's going for two days and we're going to cram everything that we can into those two days because I don't get the discounts and I can't stay there for 10 days because you're right. I'm, I'm middle to low class family. And there's a lot of people that just can't go to the Magic Kingdom or go to any of the parks because they've just been priced out of the whole thing. Right, but next year, buddy, you're going to go with me, man. We'll go ahead and stay at the Art of Animation, and uh, we'll, we'll hook you up. Um, I'm not going swimming, for sure. <laughs> no, we'll have to we'll have to get my military discount on the on the hopper passes, and then uh, hook up with uh, two tickets to Paradise uh, to see what we can do for uh, a package. Uh, to stay for for six or seven nights but uh you know that's all i have listeners for rumors and news dave take me back buddy time travelers place all loose items in the pouch in front of you fasten your seatbelt, and remain seated with your hands arms feet and legs inside the time rover and please watch children time travel commencing in t-minus 10 seconds and counting Here we go, folks. This week in Disney history, we're starting off this week, June 28th, Nick, June 28th of 1910, hidden way back. Wow. Going going back to the early 1900s. Yeah, this is going a long way back. This is the birth date of a Disney legend. His name is Herbert Ryman. And Herbert Ryman was an artist, and the guy had his hand on just about everything early Disney that you could possibly think of. He's getting credit for drawing and designing Sleeping Beauty Castle and Cinderella Castle. Nice. Yeah, he did one of the first uh, and most popular uh, drawings of Disneyland's layout when they were just just drawing up the park to figure out what it was going to be all about. And one of the cool things about the painting, it, the drawing turned into a painting that he did, was that he used glow-in-the-dark paint so that when you looked at this drawing during the daytime, Everything was cool, you know, it looked real nice, but then it, if you looked at it uh, in a darker place, you actually saw how each of the street lights would glow and all of the different lights throughout the park, they would actually glow. So it looked cool. You got both the daytime and the nighttime view of Disneyland with his drawing. It was awesome. And this is back in 1910? Yeah, he was born in 1910. Uh, okay. The, the drawings that he did of Disneyland were from 1953. Okay. Wow. But still, I mean, super long time ago, before, way before technology, for sure. I mean, the guy drew up plans for Jungle Cruise, Pirates of the Caribbean. He had a hand in all four of Walt's projects for the 64 World's Fair, the Carousel of Progress, Great Moments with Lincoln, It's a Small World, Four Magic Skyway. I mean, he, he drew sketches or had a hand in every single one of those projects. Uh, and then moving on to Disney World, he did not only Cinderella Castle, but the Hall of Presidents, the American Adventure at Epcot, and the Chinese Pavilion for Epcot. Those are all his um, original drawings that kind of guided the way for those those drawings to become a reality in the, in, in the parks. I want that man's job. That's awesome. He was a superstar, man. And just uh, Disney was so lucky to have him to do those things because that's what he did. Like he brought those ideas and just boom, when he put them down on paper, they became real at that point. So, I mean, that guy was so instrumental in all in all of the parks. All right, what else do you have for us? Yeah, we have the next day, June 29th of 1974. This was the day that the Carousel of Progress was replaced with a show called America Sings. 
Now, this show ran from 74 to 88, and I never got a chance to go in and see it. My family always skipped over this one. Um, I don't know if they were just bitter because of the uh, Carousel of Progress or what the deal was, but we never went into the show. So I had to look it up on YouTube and watch the show tonight, and it was it's okay. You know what it kind of reminds me of? It's got a ton of auto, audio animatronics, 110, and all of them are animals. And Okay, so first of all, it's on the Carousel of Progress stage. So if you're familiar with Carousel of Progress, the stage stays still in the middle. It's a 360 degree. I think they broke it into six stages. And then the audience actually rotates around for each scene until they make a complete circle and the ride's over. Since the show ended in 88 at Disneyland, they took the audio animatronics that they used for this uh, America Sings project and they put them into Splash Mountain. So I was just going to say, yeah. this sounds like Splash Mountain. Yeah, so they use like they're the ones that we recognize right off the bat for the alligators. So they use the alligators. We they turn, you know, the audience rotates to that scene. The alligators pop out. Boom, there they are. And my whole family were like, "Hey, those are the alligators from Splash Mountain." And then like the frogs you saw, they were from Splash Mountain. And there's probably a ton of other ones in there that they use on Splash Mountain. But they took this this ride when it when it ended its day in in 1988. They actually repurposed most of those animals for one ride or the other. Oh, and the uh, you know the two buzzards that you're going up the big lift to the big drop yes yes and they taunt you as you go up time to be turning around if (laughs) only you could okay there they are right in the middle of america sings right in the middle of america sings they're in it so um if you get a chance to youtube america sings watch it because you'll see like half the cast of splash mountain in that ride so anyway this ride opened up june 29th 1974 because the carousel of progress took off for walt disney world and they needed something to replace it at at disneyland so they replaced it with america sings that's really interesting dave I, i didn't know that man but i could tell just from what you were describing it sounded like something that eventually became splash mountain so very interesting all right what else you got okay we've got june 30th this was the day and you're gonna have to talk more about this one because i don't quite understand this like you would this is the day that paramount studios gave the rights for home entertainment distribution for marvel studios for iron man for iron man 2 thor and captain america to Disney. So what does it mean when they say that they gave the uh, home entertainment distribution rights? I believe that just means that Disney can stamp their name on it. And like I don't know if they necessarily own the characters or whatnot. I know today they do. Um, you know, like I think Universal owns the comic book characters, what we see. And Disney owns the, I guess, the movie characters. But uh, I would even have to look into that, Dave. I, I, when, you, when you talk about distribution rights, that's sort of like along the lines with Pixar. You know, yeah. Pixar is its own entity, but uh, Disney has the distribution rights for Pixar. So my take on that thing was on this on this statement is that Disney now owns the rights to send that out you know because it's home entertainment so they they can distribute that wherever they want and then they start pulling in the revenue from whatever those movies pull in right i would have to agree buddy um but yeah very interesting i gotta look into that too just to gain some more information some more knowledge on that june 30th 2013 so just recently and and this whole this whole marvel thing kind of is interesting to me because here we've got Universal with their version of Marvel and here we've got Disney with our version of Marvel, these two competing companies, and it seems like they're tearing at the strings of of all of the Marvel Comics characters. Here's one thing interesting that I learned uh, about that, Dave, during my Keys to the Kingdom tour, if you don't mind if I bring this up. 
um, when, when you talk about rights, uh, Universal Studios, when they have like some Iron Man exhibit or something Iron Man going on at that time, Disney cannot have anything Iron Man in the parks or on the monorail because at one point there was a there was an Iron Man monorail. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw that they had to take it down because one day uh, Universal started advertising some Iron Man thing in, in their park. But apparently, you know, from what I gathered from this tour, Universal and Disney aren't as far split as you think they are when it comes to Marvel and uh, just uh, theme parks in general. They communicate quite a bit and work uh, hand in hand to make sure they're not stepping on each other's toes when it comes to that because there'll be some huge legal issues if they get caught. Yeah, and you almost have to, and and a lot of embarrassment too, I bet, if one of them's got something and the other one kind of comes up with the same idea or something. Uh, Epcot, when I was there not too long ago, they had a whole Iron Man exhibit, and I think maybe it was uh, when we were down there for the, for the marathon that one time. Okay. Or close to that time. Anyway, they had all, in, in Epcot, they had a whole... Iron Man exhibit, and I was I was wondering how they got away with that, and what Universal's reaction to that. Well, was. that would mean that Universal wasn't doing anything Iron Man yeah. at that time. That's what that would mean. You know, when I was down in the in the Utilidors, you know, I saw that poster of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. So there obviously is something coming that's in the works of Iron Man. So I don't know how they're they're going to work it out. I did bring up to my uh, tour guide Kevin, who was awesome with Keys of the Kingdom. I brought up the whole you know, movie rights versus the comic book rights. And he hadn't heard anything about that. But Universal does have a set of rights. I think it's the comic book rights. And Disney has the movie rights. So, you know, technically, I guess you could have two Iron Man attractions going on, but one of them would have to stick true to the comic books, to the real and feel of, of the comic book. And Disney would have to stick true to just the movies, you know? So you can't mix the stories. Sure. I've got two more things for history. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. All right, so we've got, just real quick on this one, July 1st, 1975. This is the day that the People Mover opened up in Tomorrowland at Walt Disney World. The People Mover, always a go-to ride when there's lines everywhere. Never a line of the People Mover, and it's a ride that you can sit back, relax, and enjoy. Get a little air conditioning shot in that ride, too, I think. Especially Uh, on a hot day, buddy. For sure. So that one opened up on July 1st, 1975. The last one I have for us, Nick, is July 2nd, 2010. We're going to need to have some discussion on this one because I took my family to this ride and we walked out halfway through. This was the day that Captain EO returned to Epcot. What do you think about this? I'm not sure, buddy. I I know uh, guests are 50-50 as it sounds like you were as well. Um, Well, you actually walked out of this ride. Um, I'll be honest. I've and people are gonna hate me here when I say this. I've never really truly been a fan of it. Yeah, you know my buddy Mike that does his podcast. He actually he loves it. Oh, Just I know. Loves it. I know. He still he has some shoes, right? Yeah, I mean he dresses up like him when when they have a Mickey scary Halloween party. He dresses up as Captain EO, and he and he loves the guy. And we walked in that in that show, and it was horrible. And I know we're going to get bad feedback on that, but uh, we just couldn't stand this ride. The ride the ride was closed in 94 at Epcot and made its debut return in 2010, July 2nd. Yeah, there's a reason why things close, you know, and this one should have just been left shut. That's all I have for us this week in Disney history, Nick. <laughs> all right. Very interesting. Thanks, Dave.
It's that time, listeners. We teased it at the beginning of our episode, and it's time to get down to business. This week's episode is all about Mr. Nick. Nick just took his recent trip to the Magic Kingdom, to Disney Hollywood Studios, to Epcot, and he's here to tell us all about the pros and the cons of his trip. So, Nick, tell us, what do you mean by pros and cons? What's that all about to you? Well, first, uh, just the the good and the bad, man. Um, And just to give our listeners a heads up, I have more pros than I do cons, okay? I mean, it's easy to come up with cons, and it's you know it's kind of hard to come up with the pros. But in this case, it wasn't hard at all to come up with either. I have about 25 pros and 11 cons. Yes, only 11 cons. But first, what I would love to talk to you about, Dave, is I want to talk to you about... Disney's four keys to great guest experience, okay? It is up. And so this is going to play a role as I kind of grade my experience throughout the kingdoms. Now, I did travel to Disney Hollywood Studios, Disney's Epcot, and the Magic Kingdom. So let's talk about Disney's four keys to great guest experience. First off, we have to take you back to 1955, Dave, when Disneyland was created in 1955. You know, just like any other job, you want to be a future cast member and you're applying, or just any job, you have an orientation class, right? Well, in 1955, when the park opened up, Disneyland created an orientation class to the park, and it was held for newly hired cast members. This orientation class was called Traditions, all right? Now, what was Traditions? Well, this orientation class called Traditions for newly hired cast members, it emphasized the heritage and declared the importance of customer service. And that's exactly what Walt Disney is all about, is customer service. Traditions' motto is simply this. We create happiness so no matter what a cast member's role is in the park, their job is to make the guests happy. That should be about what everybody's company, every company's slogan should be. <laughs> Make guests happy. Keep that in mind. Their role in the park, their job is to make the guests happy. So keep that in your noggin as we go along, okay? All right, 10 years later, a set of standards were created to help kind of operationalize uh, the manner of you know, cast members and how they should create the happiness. And so four words were established, and this is where we actually get the four keys. Safety, courtesy, show, capacity. Now, later on, capacity was changed to efficiency. So along with those four keys, Disney management also wanted to define more specific guidelines, or you can call them behaviors, uh, and this resulted in Disney's seven service guidelines. Now, you and I being teachers, Dave, we have to create statements for every single lesson, right? Objectives. There are I can statements. And we know, you know, as teachers, and if you're a teacher we're listening to this podcast, you can relate. You know, one year the school wants you to say, uh, we will, or I will, or we can, I can, or whatever it may be. Um, Disney also created their own, like, set of objectives, Dave, Okay. This whole thing sounds like education, Nick, because it's, at the beginning, it's just like, let's let's teach all of our kids. We're going to teach all of our kids. And then we come up with standards. This is how we're going to have this happen. These are the standards that we need to follow. So I, I see this path they're taking. No, no, you're absolutely right. And I, and I know you and I can relate to this very much so. The very first of the seven service guidelines, so number one, and these are named after the dwarves, by the way, be happy. 
make eye contact and smile. Two, be sneezy, greet and welcome every guest. Spread the spirit of hospitality. It's contagious. Don't forget to say God bless you or gesundheit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Three, don't be bashful. Seek out guest contact. Number four, be like Doc. Provide immediate service recovery. Five, don't be grumpy. Always display appropriate body language at all times. Keep that in mind. All times. Can I go on? Yep. How many more dwarves are there out there? Two? One? Two more, buddy. Okay. So be like Sleepy. Create dreams and preserve the magical guest experience. Now remember, one point to that is, you know, just say have a magical day. That's easy peasy lemon squeezy right then and there. I only heard it once in the park. Actually, twice. You were one of them in our last episode, so thank you. But uh, I only heard it once. Coming right. to you live from the loo with the magical day. Seven. Don't be dopey. Thank each and every guest. All right. So those were established as like a set of standards, right? Along with the four keys. But because cast members had a hard time remembering all of those seven service guidelines, they changed it all up again. Okay. Later. They can't remember the seven dwarves. They don't. They don't belong to work for the Disney company. They can't remember the seven dwarves. Oh, I know, right? I mean, how easy peasy is that to remember yeah. those, those guidelines? But they ended up changing them to what you and I as teachers would call like I can statements, okay? And so they, they, they have four of them. I can project a positive image and energy. So as a cast member, that's one of your statements. I can project a positive image and energy. I am courteous and respectful to all guests. I stay in character and play the part. Keep that in mind too as we go along, Dave. I go above and beyond. Keep that in mind as well. So all cast members have to follow those four set of standards or statements, as you should say, that kind of define the four keys, okay? I hear you setting up your cons. I hope you're setting up some pros as well with these statements. Oh, no, I am. No, I am. No, I'm setting up both, buddy. Okay. So let's define... Let's let's define the four keys to great guest experience, okay? And this will be the last thing we do before I jump right into it. I just had to lay down the framework for us to better understand how I'm going to go about grading my experience. I'm going to use their own four keys and the definitions and the standards as their own scoring rubric, okay? Just, you know, we use scoring rubrics all the time. So I'm going to use this as our own rubric and use it against them, basically. You know, their their own four keys. All right, so let's define... And, and, and if they don't make adequate growth with these standards every year that we visit the park, they're all fired. No cast member left behind, buddy. That's right. That's right. They will be 100% proficient by 2014. Don't get me started. <laughs> all right, so here we go. What about me, who I, you know, I read the short bus and I have a hard time? <laughs> Move on. Okay. All right. We can, we can just go on and on and on. Okay. Safety. I practice safe behaviors in everything I do. I take action to always put safety first. I speak up to ensure that's the safety of others. Okay, that's the first key. Second key, courtesy. I project a positive image and energy. I am courteous and respectful to guests of all ages. I go above and beyond to exceed guest expectations. All right, two more keys. Show. I stay in character and perform my role in the show. I ensure my area is show-ready at all times. And finally, the last key, efficiency. 
I perform my role efficiently so guests get the most out of their visit. I use my time and resources wisely. Okay? Now, these four uh, keys serve as a compass for creating happiness and serving others. Dave, this is what is the heart of Disney, by the way, okay? Now, that's a lot to remember. The seven things that they said before with the seven dwarves, easy. That, what you just read, I couldn't remember that if my life depended on it. Okay, so Dave, this, this is what I propose we should do, okay? Let's use Disney's four keys to great guest experience as a scoring rubric to grade my guest experience at Downtown Disney, Hollywood Studios, Epcot, the Magic Kingdom, and the Art of Animation, okay? I mean, hold on. Let's. I want to go. I even want to rate the bus transportation system, too, to and from the parks. That sounds good. Okay, so I, let's rate them over the four keys. Safety, courtesy, show, efficiency. And Dave, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give them a grade in each area. I'm going to give them a grade in show, courtesy, safety, and efficiency. As teachers, I think what would be fitting is that we should just go ahead and either score them A, a B, a C, a D, or an F. And then we'll just add it all up and find their GPA and give them an overall score uh, of my experience at the park. I think that'd be fun to do. So let's start off at the art of animation, okay? So we're going to focus on safety, courtesy, show efficiency, and I'm going to grade them A through, you know, A to F, all right? So let's start with safety. The art of animation. I tell you what, those cast members, Dave, even last year, but we're focusing on this year too, they were all over it, all right? I, I've witnessed a kid fall down, hit his head, cut his head open, and dude, I tell you what, one of the cleaning ladies, actually it was a man, he was there, seriously, coming out of nowhere within seconds. I mean, I'm talking not even 10 seconds elapsed after this cleaning person heard the scream, and he assessed the situation, ran to the ice bucket, or the ice machine, grabbed one of the towels from the cart, wrapped it all up, and stuck it right on that kid's forehead. I, I mean, he could, have, he could have been there to actually put his hand underneath the kid's face before he face-planted onto the <laughs> ground, though. That could have been better. It could have been better. If he'd have but, caught him before he hit the ground. But that would have, I mean, he was right there, dude. I'm talking <laughs> seconds, so like he ran out and took care of it. And, that, and that's just one example. Another example. Um, and wait, and the key is that that isn't even his job. You just say he's a housekeeper, and that's not even his job, and that's what he did. So. Yeah, I know, right? Just but no, but they have there. to live by these four keys. Yeah. So another uh, safety item. At the pool, the lifeguards, they are on top of it. If, you ever, if you're ever in a pool at a Disney resort, their head and eyes are going up and down, up and down, up and down, because they're looking in the water to see if anyone's under the water that can't, you know, that is just floating underneath, you know? and not rise into the surface. One of the lifeguards while I was there was actually put to the test, and two individuals that were dressed in plain clothes, one was at the edge of the pool, just sitting down in a lounge chair, the other one was in the pool in swimming trunks, laid out this fake mat at the very bottom of the pool, and I didn't even see him do this until the lifeguard blew the whistle. Well, it was a mat that that resembled a person down at the very, wrong. At the very wrong. bottom of the pool. The lifeguard immediately saw it scanning her area, blew the whistle, freaked everyone out in the pool because everyone in the pool just stopped. Like, it was dead silence. You could hear a pin drop in the pool. So did she have to jump in? Yeah, she jumped in. Clothes on, everything. Just boosh. Jumped right in and, and saved the mat. 
and took it out. But that was one of the tests that, I guess, just to keep the lifeguards on their toes. Speaking of water, real quick, at the pool of the Art of Animation, did you know that they actually pump music under the water? I did hear that. It is cool, by the way. All right. Did you, you heard it? Yeah. So sh- so safety at the Art of Animation, I give them an A+. Plus. Nice. Courtesy. Dude, everyone was nice and respectful. Every single person. The concierge service, amazing. Um, you know, courtesy, keep in mind, is projecting a positive image and energy, being courteous and respectful. I did not run, in, run into one person at the Art of Animation, no matter where they were at. That wasn't courteous or respectful. A plus on that end. Show. Everyone stuck in character. Everyone had their role at the art animation. You don't necessarily think of cast members at a resort having a role, you know, or being in character. But they do. You have certain cast members that are in charge of certain things. Like at the one thing, you know, at the pool area, uh, there was a cast member that was in charge of just pool activities all day long. That's all they did, man. And they worked with the children and played hoops in the pool and set up movies for the kids while they're in the pool and stuff like that. You know, and everyone's smiling and happy and greeting you. To me, that's staying in character. And that's the key right there is that they don't by staying in character they mean staying happy, staying smile with your smile on and just and just play the part of someone that's happy all the time because that's what they want you to have is a happy day. Right. And uh, even down to the person that was carrying our luggage up to our room, there was two individuals taking our luggage up and I gave uh, or actually my father gave the tip to the other person, the bellhop that was taking up their luggage. And it was supposed to be split up between both bellhops. Well, apparently they don't do that there at the Art of Animation. If you give a tip to one bellhop, they keep it. And apparently they have the right to do that after talking to concierge. They have the right to do that. But we told the other bellhop that didn't get it, you know, we learned all this after the fact. So I was kind of saddened. Um, we told him, hey, we gave the other bellhop the full tip, so make sure you get your half. He looked disappointed. I could tell his heart sunk, but he smiled the whole time. It was really awkward. But he didn't break that. He didn't frown at all. He's stuck with a smile the whole time. So, yeah, I give him an A-plus for show. Efficiency. There were long lines. We went through peak season, right? So in, if you're in the ink and paint shop or if you're in the food court or wherever you may be in concierge line or, or people checking in, you weren't in line for long. You, you Within minutes you were out of that line, no matter where you were at. And so they were stocked with cast members that were coming up to you while you were in line to grab you out of line. Uh, even though you're not the next person in line, you'd have three or four cast members come up and just snag a whole bunch of other uh, guests in line to help you get answers to your questions or whatever it may be, even though that might have not been their job. They're pointing you into the right direction to get you to be the next person. So it was really awesome. So very efficient, yes. A plus. So art of animation, A, all around. So that's the four keys, and they got A's on all of them. Yes, indeed they did. So let's go on to the Disney uh, bus transportation system. Safety. Definitely. The the bus drivers told you, not only did the recording tell you what to do and not to do on the bus, but the bus drivers had a great time interacting with uh, the guests and just explaining, you know, safety procedures on the bus. Before you got on, just grab a hold of the handrail, watch your step. But it was always, you never felt like you were being forced to listen. You always felt like they were greeting you and just holding a conversation with you while they're implementing the safety guidelines. You know, kind of a head fake, which I thought was kind of cool. So A for them. 
courtesy. Every one of them was very nice and patient, even when it came to, you know, individuals in wheelchairs, uh, you know, that had to be put on the lift to be put into the bus. They were just very patient, very nice, you know, with those individuals to make sure they got what they actually needed, you know? And I think that they see a lot of that. So they have a lot of experience with people in wheelchairs or people that, you know, that can't use the regular entrance to any of their transportation. I say that when I go to when I go to Disney World, there's more of that than than I see anywhere else on Earth. I think, as far as people in scooters and people in wheelchairs, it's crazy how many people they have to deal with that can't use the regular entrance on these transportational vehicles. And they're very efficient with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't even realize that here you are in line, and you know, might have four or five individuals in, in wheelchairs that you know that that go respectively go before you because of their needs. But it really doesn't slow you down at all. No, and if I was one of those drivers, you know, I would probably be somebody that, uh, you know, you see one of them and you're like, again, I just got done loading somebody up on that lift before. I have to do this over and over, seriously. Like where when people walk in, they just sit in their seat and they greet them and, you know, they're on their way. But just to have that many people with special needs and just having to keep stopping your bus and put the bus down and, you know, unroll the lift and then lift them up that's a that takes a lot of work and for them to maintain a a happy smile and be friendly with everybody that takes a lot i mean from a from somebody who's a bus driver no i mean no offense bus drivers but uh hey i do it you're probably not earning top pay at the disney resort you know and for them to keep that smile and be friendly is a is a huge thing i think so here's another thing let's let's grade them on show you wouldn't think a bus driver would have to put on good show but the reality is dave they do and one thing I did, we did not experience last year, but we did this year, all of the bus drivers we had put on good show. They treated us like we like we were aboarding uh, a flight somewhere. So they'd board and they'd say, you know, pay attention to the exits. They're this way, that way, and buckle your seatbelts. We were cruising at an altitude of 24 inches, you know. So they were just making fun of the whole thing while you're going to whatever park you may be going to and let, letting you know. And if you look out your left window, blah, 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 look out your – and they were just having fun with it. And it was really neat and exciting to see that. Yeah, and, and you know that they're doing their job when you can remember the bus ride for something besides a negative. You know, right. that's when they're doing a good job. And efficiency, yeah. I tell you what, they were pumping those buses out of the art of animation to and from all the parks, or excuse me, should say all the kingdoms, like crazy. You were not waiting in line long for a bus to get to wherever it may be that you needed to get to. So moving people along, efficiency, amazing, out of this world. Disney bus transportation system, A plus, buddy. Awesome. Moving on, let's go to downtown Disney, okay? Safety. Again, people guiding you along the walkways, you know, so no one's standing along uh, the sides, like at bridges and things like that, you know, with potentially little kids leaning over and falling off. We always had a cast member kind of keeping the flow of traffic going where it needed to go, which was something new that I saw this year that I did not see last year, you know? Yeah, I was wondering about that when you said that because, I mean, that's a place where you just hang out. So right. they, they, they're they really telling you to move on and you can't well, stand They were outside their stores. Not that okay. you people were just corral, you know, uh, up in like groups and they were telling the groups to move along, but just showing you the way to go 
if it was getting congested, the individuals, I don't think that was their job, let's say, you know, to tell you where to go. I just think it was cast members standing outside of their door, you know, being noticed and letting individuals know, you know, you can walk around this way to get around this group or whatnot. So I don't know. But I did see plenty of cast members inside the store standing outside near the entrance or the exit. Hey, beat it, buddy. No loitering here. Yeah, that's right. Hit the road, Jack. We know I did when uh, Colin broke that figurine in that art store. <laughs> we were gone. Yeah, if those cast members were there, they should have caught you in the act there. Oh, man. All right, so courtesy. Everyone was so nice at Downtown Disney, man, or whatever you want to call it, Disney Springs. Uh, everyone was so nice, and they, they, they were very courteous and friendly. Everyone had a smile, and I didn't see many disgruntled families there either. So... Uh, yeah, so A for courtesy. Show, I give them an A. You know, everyone did stay in character. Everyone had a smile. Everyone was friendly, like I just said. I didn't see any cast members break down and get angry at guests. Uh, very polite. Um, I didn't see any cast members, you know, leaning up against the wall or their hands down, resting their head with their arm at the cast register. I didn't see any of that. Everyone was on it. They were on target. So I give them an A for show. Now let's get to efficiency. I had to give them a B plus here, buddy. And one thing that I realized at Disney Springs or Downtown Disney, whatever you want to call it, the uh, wristband machines for the point of sale service stuff, you know, for the registers, the magic bands. Magic bands, yeah. A lot of them were down. And I don't know if it was just that day. I did, I did, uh, that came about again in the Magic Kingdom every so often. But those systems were more so down in Downtown Disney than anywhere else. So as far as efficiency goes, those bands are supposed to be very efficient. They're tethered and tied to everything you do. That's why they have them. A lot of the systems were down, so I have to give them a B-plus for that. Hmm. Interesting. I guess, I mean, they, everything there is, is uh, you're buying, you know, is all shopping there. So you, they should have more of those there than anywhere else. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So let's go over to Hollywood Studios, okay? One thing I noticed about Hollywood Studios, just just to keep just to let you know for your information, it wasn't as busy as it was last year, and it was the least busiest. Uh, I would have to say, comparable to Epcot, out of all the parks. Probably because of people like us that keep giving it bad press, right? <laughs> no, yeah, you're absolutely right. But that was the first park that we hit, or excuse me, the first kingdom. It, we had a great time. I think my family and I we got on like six rides within like the first hour. Uh, just like Magic Kingdom the very first day we were there, which is like unheard of. Um, but we got through a lot of rides. We definitely got our money's worth at the Magic Kingdom. But let's let's grade them over. Uh, let's start with safety. Again, I give them an A. They did have quite a few people when they opened up. So when the gates opened, um, and this kind of goes right along with efficiency, they moved them through, you know, the bottleneck of Streets of, was it streets of America right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that's what it's called, listeners. You can attack me if it's not. Um, but uh, where that bottlenecks and kind of goes throughout the park, they had cast members out there telling everyone where to go. And uh, just very efficient. Uh, safety, like I said, I got to give them an A because they had everyone in, in, in order and a straight line, um, directing people where to go, how to get there, making sure everyone was walking the right direction and no one was running into each other. I mean, you could definitely tell there was an order to their chaos when they first opened up the park. Uh, that was very apparent. So I give them an A for safety. Courtesy, I give them an A as well. Again, everyone was very nice, smiling. 
I even got a lot of people at this park, uh, Dave, to do a whole bunch of uh, mousecapade drops for us. You know, I went around asking cast members, hey, could you say, hey, you're listening, this is so-and-so from, you know, Disney Junior or, you know, Hollywood Studios, and you're listening to the Mousecapades podcast. Nine times out of ten, the cast members at Hollywood Studios offered up and said, yes, I want to do that. That's awesome. You know? Ooh. But at all the other kingdoms, I couldn't get it. Even at Magic Kingdom. Everyone at the Magic Kingdom. I didn't get one person at the Magic Kingdom, by the way, because they all told me no. They couldn't deal with media. So it doesn't seem like all the cast members are trained the same way. Interesting. So, so anywho, let's get back. Safety and courtesy, they both get an A. Show, A. Everyone was in character. Everyone played the role of being like in Hollywood and you're on a movie set. Of all parks, that's where they should be on point, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, touche. Um, you're absolutely right. Uh, efficiency. A, we kind of hit on that along with safety earlier when the park opened and things like that. But yeah, people moved right along. The rides were going. Um, things were good, man. Especially the Jedi Academy. I have to say, they were very efficient with getting the children in there. I'm going to use a word that you hate, kiddos. And uh, like we signed up my nephew and my son. And they were just very efficient with the times and training them and getting them out there, taking the pictures, getting their diploma, you know, coming back. So I have to give an A-plus for that one as well. And real quick, I just want to give a big thanks again from Jake, not from State Farm, but from Star Tours. Uh, thanks so much for making my son's day a magical one. You know, I told you earlier in last episode, Dave, that he provided... Colin with a signed lightsaber by Darth Vader. You know, it was autographed by Darth Vader. And uh, he's a fan of the show. He recognized the shirt and um, told us to come back later on, and that's what he had for him. So I just want to say thanks again, Jake. Not from State Farm, but from Star Tours. And for wearing khakis. Yeah. (laughs) Who is Jake from Star (laughs) Tours? I don't know. He speaks uh, Chewbacca. I don't know. Anyhow. Thanks. Thanks, Jake. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jake, from Star Tours. All right, let's move on. Let's go to Epcot. Epcot, you know, hasn't been one of my favorite uh, places to visit, Dave, but this year, for some reason, like I told you, I think I've just matured a little bit. It's grown on me. Uh, so was say, this your favorite? What? Was this your favorite of all of them? I kind of think it was this year, bud. Ooh, look at that. I know, right? All right. So, hate to admit it, but I, th- but I think it was. A, dude, there was hardly anyone there. Which I thought was awesome. You could breathe. You could probably run for 25 to 30 yards before you ran into someone. That's great. And this was peak season. Yeah, that you, that's unheard of at Epcot. The people there, because especially they don't have a ton of places to walk, so they all congregate in one spot. That's unheard of. Right. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, safety. A. <laughs> uh, you really didn't have to focus on safety because you weren't too worried about running into the person next to you. <laughs> Um, or there really wasn't any strollers being pushed around either, and that's something I noticed this year in all the parks, ex- except for the Magic Kingdom on day two, really wasn't as many strollers. In Epcot, you were constantly reminded at the entrance uh, when you came in and when you exited, like where to go, the most efficient route to take. Um, everyone made sure you had what you needed while you're in the park walking around. You know, those cast mes- members would come out of their way to greet you like they're supposed to and make sure you have everything you need. Um, so, yeah, safety and courtesy, both A. Awesome. And like I said, you know, I said that there's not a lot of places to walk. They're in, in Epcot. You got straight down the middle 
and then around all the countries. I mean, there's one path really to take. You can try and do your shortcuts off to the side and go through, you know, where the attractions are. It's on the uh, toward the side at the beginning, but really you've got that one path to walk. So they they don't have a lot of opportunity to mess things up and to get people hurt because that they've got one way to go. That's it. Right. And speaking of courtesy, by the way, I ran into an animator, Eddie Davis, over at Epcot, and I. Um, and I gotta say, he made a point to go uh, above and beyond just to get to know my wife and I. I mean, he was asking, you know, who we were, or who, you know, just what are your names, where are you from, you know, what brings you here, are you interested in, in you know, Epcot Park, you know, are you interested in animation, blah blah blah. He, we really carried on a conversation. You could tell it just wasn't the foo foo crap, fake smile. He genuinely cared. Uh, about our story and how we got here and why we were here and it was just really neat to talk to him he gave me his whole story on how he started you know he started with the company almost 20 years ago and worked his way up and he draws for disney now and it was just a pretty cool story and you could tell he had a good heart and there the courtesy and the show were both coming out do you feel like he was talking more to your wife than to you? <laughs> hey, that's fine. If, if that's what attracts animators and gets my foot in the door, sorry, Aaron, I'll use you. That's a crutch. <laughs> okay, so show and efficiency. Efficiency, yeah, I give them an A as well. So let's move on to Ohana's at the Polynesian. I forgot to mention that earlier, so I guess I'm throwing in an audible at you, Dave. Awesome. Uh, I'll just go down the list. I won't explain. Safety, A. Courtesy, A. Show, definitely an a plus plus if i can get it they all stayed in show calling me cousin just like in the cartoon and everything else i was everyone's cousin there and they all loved me i loved them too it was one big family that's what ohana means i gave them a's across the board and safety courtesy show and efficiency i mean it was kumbaya speaking of efficiency here's where i felt the efficiency was so good it almost had a negative feeling to it dave and i'll explain why this is at Ohana or a new yes, place? Yes, at Ohana's. It's a good negative, though. Okay, don't get me wrong. It was You can't go wrong with Ohana. That's actually sure. right. The best breakfast you'll ever eat in your life. Now, the efficiency was so good, I almost felt like I was being rushed out because I had everything within minutes. Within minutes, I had everything at my fingertips. The juice that they serve, that's simply amazing. Within two minutes later, our food came. Two minutes later, had a refill. Like, seriously, not even five minutes later, all the characters came through. And we were done, seriously, within 15 minutes. My wife even said, oh my gosh, we haven't even been here 20 minutes. We've sat down, we've eaten, had our pictures taken with all the characters. What more are you going to do? You're going to get up and leave. You can't get that at McDonald's. Right. So it was almost, it was too efficient. Um, But I still give it an A++. And you know what? If you hung out there and just, you know, kept the food coming or kept that juice coming or whatever... No one's probably going to mess with you. And, you know, they're not going to hound you down. But, you know, you just get a little suspicious when things go that fast, I guess. My la- The last place I want to go to is the Magic Kingdom, okay? Now, keep in mind, this was the only place I heard have a magical day. And I only heard it once. But, I mean, I also heard it from you, but you don't count. I'm sorry. <laughs> but from a cast member, I only heard it once. So we're in the Magic Kingdom. Safety, yeah, A+. 
in the right from the very beginning, the security guards that are checking your bags, they're very nice to you. They're very courteous. They're making sure that everyone in the park is safe, you know, and you're not bringing any contraband in. And here's a funny story. When I left the park, <laughs> I told the security uh, cast members, hey, guys, thanks for a good uh, – Thanks for a good visit today. Thanks for only using one finger instead of two. It didn't hurt nearly as much this time as it did last time. I'll see you next year. Something's wrong with you. <laughs> All Every single one of them stopped checking their bags, turned around, and started laughing at me, which I thought was nice, that they kind of broke <laughs> character and laughed with me for a little bit. But I did have a woman in front of me with her little kid turn around and give me the dirtiest look ever. Gee, I wonder why. So, anywho... <laughs> It was funny. I'm glad I got, uh, you know, security, which is probably one of the uh, dirtiest jobs. You deal with a lot of negativity in that position, you right. know. Uh, to get them to crack a smile, I thought was pretty cool. So, Sweet. but safety, A+. Plus. I felt very safe at the Magic Kingdom. Minus Even, a few selfie sticks, right? Yeah. Uh, courtesy. Yeah, this is where I gave uh, the Magic Kingdom, and it's the only place in the whole, whole entire resort where they got below an A. I gave them a C. Mm. And now this, you did give a B to one, one of the places. You gave oh, a B I did. To okay. Them, but yeah, but I mean, a C is even lower. So courtesy, I'm looking back. Nope, nope, nope. I gave all A's except for uh, the Magic I Kingdom. I thought you gave a B plus to something. I gave the B plus to efficiency at Downtown Disney. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so Magic Kingdom, safety got an A+, but courtesy gets a C. Now, this is where, Dave, I saw more disgruntled cast members than any other place. And I bet that's directly related to the capacity of the park. Was this the most crowded park of all? Yeah, no, by far, yeah. I mean, double or quadruple, which I completely get it. I understand. But... No excuse. They're, they're breaking the four keys. And their standards. Right. They're breaking right. it, right? They're not leaving up to it. Oh, I And you're supposed to. So, courtesy, C. Yes? <laughs> Stacy from Chester, Virginia at the Liberty Tree Tavern. Man, two weeks in a row she's getting called out. Yes, dude, it really bothered me. I care less if you roll your eyes at me. Whatever, dude, I'm going to roll it off the back. But to roll your eyes and huff and puff and go tell the cast member behind you and go whine to them because... You can't deal with the uh, the guests in front of you. And I saw this multiple times out of her. Roll her eyes. Yeah, dude. She ruined it for me. She completely, utterly ruined it for me. And it wasn't just her. It was the person that she would run off to all the time. And then that person would roll her eyes. She was just too far away. I couldn't get her name and her name tag and where she was from. Anywho. It's a good thing because she'd be getting called out two weeks in a row, too. I know, right? sounds, like, sounds like Nick needs to go to the Norway Pavilion pretty soon and let it go. <laughs> <laughs> or let it blow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Anywho. Um... No, but dude, you know, I not only not only Stacy from Chester, Virginia, the Liberty Tree Tavern, but uh, <laughs> not only her, but there were other cast members besides, you know, Stacy from the Liberty Tree Tavern that were very disgruntled and just didn't treat the guests with that magical experience and completely ignored the four keys to great customer and guest experience. Completely ignored it. So she wasn't the only one. Dude, I even saw cast members when they were dealing with foreigners, Dave, at the Magic Kingdom. When foreigners were trying, to, they were looking at a map and pointing, tr obviously trying to get directions. Yeah, I couldn't understand the lady either. And this was were they looking for the employment office? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah. 
she wasn't Indian. She's Japanese. So, anywho. <laughs> but, anywho, that was a good one. Anywho, uh, I saw the cast member again roll her eyes and kind of chuckle and laugh. Now, I don't know if this was out of embarrassment or, or what, but the cast member kind of laughed and looked at other guests like, can you believe this? You know, like, am I supposed to understand her? Now, that she may have not been thinking that, but that was the vibe that I totally got from reading her eyes. And I'm not very cultured. Maybe that's a compliment in their culture. Uh, maybe. I don't know. She should have bowed first. Anywho, yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> anywho, I just I couldn't believe it. So that's just another example of disgruntled cast members. And it turns out, dude, I did look at their name tags every single time I saw something like this go on. Or even something positive, for that matter. The Magic Kingdom had more uh, college interns than any other park. And, uh, Is that on their name tag? Does yeah, it, it says thing? the college of whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, I just noticed that, it, I don't know, the younger generation, buddy, I got to tell you, these millennials, and I don't want to sound like, you know, the world's going to hell in a handbasket, but um, you and I are Gen Xers, and I just feel that uh, you know the park is filled with a lot of millennials, and it, they just do not provide that magical experience like the older generations do, like the baby yeah. boomers, buddy. And Let's just hope they're first-year students and they're getting paired up yeah. with somebody that does show them the way. And that's just a fact. And I think bringing those individuals to the Magic Kingdom, which I know they need more cast members there, it's 50-50 for me. You know, I did run into Jake, you know, from Star Tours, not from State Farm, who did was... Did you did great. <laughs> right. Who was uh, a college intern. Now, he's the exception, Right. But, anywho, so I give it him a B, or excuse me, a C. Uh, show, I gave them a B. Uh, a lot of those disgruntled characters did not stay in character. Uh, but, a positive to that, one place that I did see over at Bell's Castle with the Be Our Guest restaurant, which is just amazing. You need to go there. The gray stuff is awesome. Uh, the guests, or excuse me, the cast members stayed in character the whole entire time it was awesome. awesome i even talked to my waitress was a spoon a former spoon for two years and i had a conversation with her about her how she was a spoon for two years and she transformed back into a human and now she's serving food as a human and so i like i carried on this conversation the whole entire time my mother and my wife were looking at me like i'm like i'm nuts and after probably because she- you were spooning with her <laughs> Ooh, so <laughs> i'm full of those um <laughs> So when our waitress left, my wife's like, do they use, or no, my mother was like, do they used to dress up as silverware? I'm like, no. My wife's like, no, she just said she was a spoon. I'm like, guys, no, she was transformed into a human. So my my wife and my mother, both of them didn't get it. And I'm like, she was staying in character, guys. She was staying in character. So I just thought it was really cool that I, I had a lengthy conversation with a spoon. And it was just awesome that she was staying in character. So... Anywho, with that said, efficiency, A, I can go in, but I won't. But uh, to wrap up the Magic Kingdom, this is a kingdom, Dave, where uh, courtesy and show needs to be a little bit more bolder and more prominent uh, than any other kingdom in my mind. And it just wasn't there in the Magic Kingdom, uh, at least while I was there. It was there a, a little bit, but not a, not as much as it really truly needs to be. So when you add up all the points, so let's go ahead and give uh, my trip an average. We are teachers, so we're taking these points, you know, A, B, C, D, or F, 
and adding into a grade point average. They ended up getting 108 points out of 28 categories. That is a 3.85 GPA, my friends. That's a B plus. Hey, I'd take it for sure. Yeah, so there you go. That is my overall guest experience, and I actually used the four keys to the kingdom as a scoring rubric to grade my guest experience. So there you go. I give it a B plus. Okay, so here's the key question, the, the fifth key. Would you frequent this establishment again? <laughs> of course I would. I'm always drinking the Disney Kool-Aid. Awesome. So there you go. That's it, guys and girls. Awesome. So glad that you shared that with us because I've got some things coming up that I need to take care of, it sounds like. And uh, I'll be looking for those things to see if maybe Disney can improve their score when, when July comes around. Also, you know, look us up on Instagram. I am loading up a lot of these pictures that I took last week from uh, my trip, and I've been beginning to post them on Instagram. So hit us up on Instagram. That is Mousecapades Podcast. So search for Mousecapades Podcast and add us to your Instagram and follow us and look at our pictures. Awesome. And don't forget the uh, Twitter chat going on with us at Mousecapade Pod and uh, follow us and we will start posting some of the news. You know, the, we'll just continue what we've been doing now for, for several months. And next week, Dave, we're going to be on Behind the Magic. We're scheduled to appear on Behind the Magic next week. So listeners, yeah. yeah. Uh, grab a hold uh, go ahead and look up on iTunes Stitcher Radio wherever they may be uh, we'll go ahead and look up Behind the Magic and we will appear on their show next week they have politely asked for me to come on next week and, and guest host on one of their episodes as well on top of our interview that we're going to be doing with them Dave alright sweet alright Dave so next week is you know my favorite time of the month we're going to be talking about paranormal issues at one of the park locations it may be over at disneyland disney world or maybe it's an adventure by disney who knows what's going to happen but it's my favorite thing that i love to talk about the weird the strange paranormal coming out of disney so so listeners stay tuned next week and be prepared until then we're out peace, peace. Thank you.